0: three two one from down in the dirty bird oh my goodness gracious the only mustard buzzard podcast on the planet this is buzzard here are your hosts ben milam and patrick mcgee Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Buzzardry. It is Buzzardry late at night, about 9.30 <laughs> on Sunday evening. We wanted to move back our recording to make sure we could talk an accurate NIT outlook and our resident NIT expert, a <laughs> Pat's going to walk us through the field a little bit. My name is Ben Milam, and I'm here with Patrick McGee. Pat, how are you doing? Glad to be here, Buzzardry after dark. That's right, that's right. Yeah, if you can't tell audio a little different than usual, we are recording on Zoom, so we can both go to bed right after this, Uh, a little (laughs) past our bedtimes, but yeah, worth it to talk a full picture for the NIT. We're also obviously going to walk through the baseball week. Eagles go two and two, and we will look ahead to the first conference weekend of 2023 for Southern Miss Baseball. Uh, First things first, we want to thank Big Gold Nation for sponsoring this episode. SouthernMiss.Rivals.com, that is the premier inside source for all things Southern Miss Athletics. Thanks, Big Gold Nation, for sponsoring this episode of Buzzer Dream. Okay, Pat, let's jump into baseball first. We'll do basketball on the back end. First of all, Ole Miss on Tuesday night. A uh, little bit of a rough go of it. It was going to be Johnny Holstaff. That was expected pitching-wise because Billy Oldham's still not available in the starting role, at least. He got worked in uh, out of the bullpen this week, and we'll talk about that. But an 11-5 loss to the Rebels. It was never really a close game. You got up 1-0 early, but kind of got washed out a little bit by the, the strong Ole Miss lineup and never were able to work yourself back in that game, Pat.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was a game where in the first inning, I mean, you kind of had a chance to maybe, I mean, uh, you know, kind of make an opening statement there, and you were able to benefit on uh, Ole Miss Air there. Um, Rick Johnson uh, was able to reach on air um, from the third baseman that scored a run, but then uh, Lynch flat out with the bases loaded. Um, and then in that bottom of the second, Ole Miss took the lead. Um, they went up uh, 2-1 on two, uh, home runs uh, from two solo home runs. And then um, in the third, they had the uh, they got that kind of that bulk uh, – Balked in a run to make it three to one in the bottom of the third, and then they kind of blew things open a little bit, um, in the fourth, um, RBI single, uh, from Leger. uh, then you had doubles or a double from Ethan Groff uh, that scored uh, a run, and then you had um another um a base hit from uh, Calvin Harris that um scored two runs, made it seven to one, then TJ McCanson a home run to make it eight to one in the bottom of the fifth, and you felt like uh, you were kind of out of it after that. Uh, and then, really, in the top of the six was kind of you had a chance. To, I mean, you got back into it, and you know, you could have had a chance to maybe even, you know, get within a run or tie, or maybe take the lead. But so, but getting into that, so Peto hit a home run. Uh, I'm going to leave things off, and uh, Robertson had an RBI single, and uh, so had an RBI single, so that made it eight to four. Then Dickerson had a double, uh, left to make it eight to five. Uh, then yeah, after that, so you have uh, Parker walk with the bases loaded. And um, Ole Miss brought in uh, after that. Uh, Jackson Kimbrell is kind of a crafty lefty who's given this lineup, uh, you know, trouble in the past. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, Wilkes rounds out into double play from uh to the pitcher. Uh, so that was um, yeah, just an opportunity where you're on know, an eight five and you have what's been your best hitter, um, up at the plate where he thought like, hey, this could be in a, you know, maybe you can put up a big six or seven run inning here. And, uh, that killed that. And then Ole Miss, uh, they answered uh with a run in the sixth and then uh two more runs in the seventh. And um, it ended up being an 11-5 loss. So it was a game where, uh, I mean, yeah, for the most part, you weren't into it. And it ended up being where Ole Miss kind of cruised. But it was frustrating just uh, with the bullpen and then kind of that missed opportunity there Um, later on in the game where he had the base of the But I think the, the question people were kind of uh asking was, you know, Colby Allen got the start. and He was a guy, you know, true freshman, you know, not really experienced. And he he wasn't, uh, you know, terrible. I mean, he went two in and gave up two earned runs. So, I mean, he, you know, he didn't. You know, it's not like he gave up eight runs or some. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was just kind of the the, the bullpen um, struggles. Tyler Martin, I mean, two and a third he gave up two, uh, three runs. Um, Rhodes came in and uh, pitched one and two thirds, gave up two runs, and then uh, a Treyhan came in. And, you know, he kind of um, regressed a little bit. Uh, he wasn't able to record an out, and three batters he faced gave up two runs. So it was just, uh, you know, and you knew this was going to be tough with Oldham out and. Uh, you know, a really uh, good Old Miss lineup, and you're just kind of throwing a bunch of inexperienced guys at you know one of the elite lineups um, in college baseball, and it you know kind of went um the way you would think that would go. So
0: yeah, it did, and, and in front of a good crowd too. <clears throat> yeah, you know, I, I, we saw it in the Mississippi State game in Pearl last week. This the guys that we're throwing right now in the midweek just I don't think are ready for that type of atmosphere against a really good lineup and I think it was just another example of that. I think it was it was pretty plain and simple. Um a lot of free passes and then you pitch tight the rest of the way after you established that a little bit in the early going and and we've we've talked about that dynamic. You're just trying to get it over the plate at that point. And against a good lineup, especially with power, um they're gonna you're gonna pay for your mistakes and and you did on Tuesday night. Uh, okay, Pat, you roll right into a series with Valparaiso. We had talked about this. This didn't have to be a sweep, but I, I think I, the way I looked at it going into this weekend was that it would anything less than a sweep would have been a disappointment, and you lose that Friday game. I think after that you were it sort of renewed a lot of the same concerns we've had, but I, but particularly on the offensive end. And I think that really it, it got a little bit better on Saturday and Sunday, but I think that carried through a little bit. And I think that some of that stays um, after this weekend series. But two out of three big picture, Pat. Um, some of those specifics, game by game, would you see?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, it was a game where Tanner Hall, maybe we can get into Tanner Hall kind of later. He ended up settling in and, you know, pitched fine, I guess. But, um, I mean, he uh, they were really hitting him well in that top of the first. He gave up uh, two runs. He gave up an RBI triple, then um, another RBI to uh, center field to make it 2-0. Uh, and then Edsel um, hit a um, RBI single to get you back, uh, get within a run there in the bottom third to make a it 2-1. And it just uh continued missed opportunities um Oldham came in the top of the 7th that he was you know obviously back available um but yeah it was a, a situation where you um the Belpo ba- uh, the bases loaded 2 outs and you know you really uh, need to work out of the game they hit a grand slam to make it 6-1 and that was uh kind of that was the backbreaker obviously but the thing is you know I uh, we're getting into the bases loaded struggles but you had a chance with the bases loaded uh, nobody out in the eighth, and then you have a K and then a double play. And so that just gets into where, where the team now, I believe, is – I think they have four hits, uh, four hits, four close to 30, but, you know, with eight Ks and, um, you know, four, three or four double plays. Um, So that's just kind of been a, a big thing with um, uh, the offensive struggles is, um, you know, where you are able to put guys on, um, but you haven't been able to get those guys in. Um, but yeah, as far as uh the, the numbers, I mean Hall he he put up a quality start. Um I mean six innings uh gave up two runs, both of those earned six hits, two walks. I mean Oldham came in, two innings gave up that grand slam, all four of those runs were on him. And then Towns came in and um pitched a um a scoreless inning there um in the ninth. Um but yeah, it was a tough loss and you know, we'll get into the you know what it means overall, but um, you know that was one. Yeah, not not the end of the world that you don't sweep, but it, it was one you you wanted to sweep. And uh, uh, but getting into game two, um, the game you went eight to three. It was a you know close game for most wins. the game. You went down three nothing there. Um, you know pretty early on after the top of the third. I mean, so yeah, it was kind of the similar start to uh, Friday where Valpo hitting the ball well early on and scored two in the first off a, a double to a left field and a um RBI ground out. They score another off the fielder's choice uh there in the top of third but I guess you know what got you back in the game was that uh, Dustin Dickerson home run you know rare uh, Dickerson home run there uh to left center uh tied it up there um, three to three in the bottom of the third and you know, the teams kind of traded zeros uh, for um you the fourth fifth sixth uh, and then seventh Wilkes hit a ball kind of uh, it would have been off the top of the wall there. Um, center field, drove it around to make it 4-3, to three, and then you were able to really break it open um, in the bottom of the eighth where you had a two-run home run by Lynch. You had an uh, RBI triple by Edsel, and then Edsel came around to score on the wild pitch. So offense got going there late in the game, and it was um, uh, Adams settled in after that You know, rough early start, came in, uh, pitched seven innings, uh, gave up three runs, seven hits, two walks, struck out seven. Um, and then Sibley came in. You know, Sibley, again, really, really good. Uh uh, two scoreless innings, retired all six batters he faced, had three K, so um, good outing for him. And he's, you know, he's kind of a guy, um, you know, you could see maybe going into the Saturday or Sunday uh, rolling, and the, not not this year, but um, kind of looking ahead to twenty twenty four. Just as a you know, a uh, crafty lefty has a big looping breaking ball, and then you know, you can catch up, uh, you know, guys with uh, by surprise sometimes with that fastball and the plays up a little bit. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's certainly been a. The, one of the guys in the bullpen you've been able to rely on uh, thus far. And then uh, final game was uh, today, and it was, uh, you know, really miserable weather. It was, you know, re- wet, even a little bit cold. And um, I think the story was Nico Mazza uh, had his best outing as a golden Eagle. But, yeah, I mean, it was a game you went 11-5 and uh, scored early. Uh, Wilks hit a uh, opposite field home run to make it one nothing. Uh, Valpo. I mean, really, in the top of the third, Valpo was able to get a run, but a lot of those hits were going the other way. It was just kind of they're making weak contact, but they're hitting in the right place. I mean, they're going off a the a lot, off Maza, But yeah, they scored a run there, top of the third. Uh, bottom of the third, you score, make it three to one off a of sack fly. Uh, you're able to break it open a little bit. Um. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. You serve it. Sorry, I missed the uh, the steal of home. So you had the tape parker sack fly, and then, um, the double steal where Wilkes Wilkes the home, so they made a four to one. Uh, able to add two runs um, the bottom of the seventh with the, um, what they walked in a run, started uh flew out to uh, center field, uh, made it 6-1. to one. And then you're able to break it open, really, in the bottom of the eighth. Uh, Wilkes' RBI single, then he – or then Robertson came around to score a wild pitch. And then Ewing talked about the base-loaded throws, but Ewing, 4th hit of the year for the team uh, with the base-loaded. It was a big one, double to left center uh, to make it 11-1. And then, uh, you know, a little bit of trouble there um, in the ninth. Uh, that Valpo scored um, four runs. Um, so Tyler Martin would have been uh, – he would have been on the hook for each of those um, runs. Uh, so he went two-thirds and uh, gave up four runs. But um lot able to come in close it out get a strikeout. But, yeah, it was 11-5, and, um, yeah, you went two out of three.
0: Yeah, I, I think – just, just first thoughts after the weekend. I I mean, I think you got three good starts. You talked about out of your rotation, back-to-back weeks. Uh, obviously, last weekend was the louder weekend against a much stronger Dallas Baptist lineup. But I think, you know, when you, you think about specifically the Tanner Hall and Matt Adams outings, g- good competitive outings. I mean, I think you'll take that. Pretty much every day, if you can get that out of your starters on the weekend. But I also think, and I think you can apply this to the bullpen too. I think there's just, there is much more pressure and much more of a magnifying glass on the pitching because there is such a lack of offense. And when you have that, It just, it makes everything higher pressure and, you know, you get into the late innings having scored one run and it's, it's two to one and there's just not a lot of confidence um, in your offense and you, and you pitch tight and, you know, you end up running into an inning like you had from Billy Oldham where they end up getting the grand slam. They get the big hit with the bases loaded. Um, And so I don't know that it's, Obviously, there are some issues with the bullpen that we have talked about, and you know, at risk of saying the same thing over and over again. It's it, it's not a stuff thing. It's not a talent thing. It's it's a matter of controlling the zone. And if they can do that, Exhibit A: Nico Maza was fantastic. Gives you seven innings today, and a big part of that was because he controlled the zone. And yes. and it was it was against a lower quality lineup. But I think you can say that about a lot of arms that we have seen, uh, even these younger. Guys in the bullpen who have had struggles throwing strikes, if they can control the zone, they're pretty good. I think Cross Civilly is another example of that. Um, but when you're just not, you're not getting a lot of consistent juice, especially with runners in scoring position from just about your entire lineup. I mean, you've got two guys hitting over a thousand OPS, which is, you know, that's that's great. You have two guys doing that, but as a team, I think you're right over uh so you have the stats somewhere i think you're just over 800 or right at 800 802 Yeah, which um, is about
1: the d1 average
0: which is about average but that i mean to my point when you're hitting about average in terms of ops and you have a very young unproven staff it it's going to feel a lot worse so it, it feels a lot worse all the way around when you're just you know those components combined and so yeah, I, I think you need you just need more out of your big bats, and that, that's not groundbreaking analysis. But guys like Carson Peto, who gets a day off today, and Reese Ewing swings the bat well, so we'll see how Coach Barry goes with left and right field. I mean, Tate Parker swinging it well enough, I think he's he's kind of earned, you know, that's the corner outfield might be Reese Ewing and Tate Parker um, this whole week unless they, right, you know. um kind of lose that spot or if you feel like you really need Peito back in there. But he's, you know, 712 OPS, 196 average. Danny Lynch, 196 average, um, 840 OPS. Blake Johnson has really kind of taken a dip, 758 OPS, and and obviously Sargent. Um, you know, he had that two-home run game against Dallas Baptist last weekend. Outside of that, really hasn't gotten back on onto where he needs to be. He's one fifty one right now, hitting a buck fifty, the five fourteen OPS. I mean, for your big bats, and I think I think Matt Edsel too. I think you need Edsel to be better, eight oh four OPS. I thought right? he had a
1: good, yeah, I agree. I think he had a good weekend. Though, he but he yeah.
0: did. He had a good weekend, but just in in general, moving forward, I mean, for what this lineup needs, I think you need him to be, and we and we've talked about this. You need him to be a nine nine fifty type guy right. who's going to when you have runners in scoring position with him at the plate you know you're he's gonna produce and I don't think he has enough um, for what this lineup needs and they're just there are a lot of different examples of that throughout the all the way down the lineup for me and so yeah so I I think for me coming out of this weekend the biggest concern is the lineup I mean those bases loaded stats are pretty mind-blowing, especially the fact that you've, yeah, I mean, you've had so many at-bats with the bases loaded. Yes. is kind of remarkable, and you just haven't been able to produce.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're on pace to have a lot more at-bats with the bases loaded than you did a, a year ago. So now I think the team is four – according to this, I don't know if this has been updated. Yeah, I think it has been updated. Today. So you're 428 uh, with the bases loaded, and, of course, you ain't getting that. Um, fourth hit today, which was a big one, but um, yeah, I mean, you the kind of thing we talked about before the season in terms of this lineup taking the next step was guys like Wilkes and Pato and Wilkes to his credit or Wilkes and Pato taking the next step, and Wilkes to his credit has been really good. Uh, but you mean Pato, like you're saying, has not been, hasn't been off to a great start. And then you know, a guy like Sargent, you know, we kind of know who Sargent is, he's a guy he's gonna, you know, we kind of expect him not to hit or a, uh, a big average, but he's gonna, you know, he's not, he's not gonna get on base a whole lot, he's not gonna. Uh, get a lot of singles, but he's going to hit home runs at least. And I mean, at this point, I mean, he has that that two home run game. But other than, that, I mean, he really you know hasn't done a whole lot. So I mean, you need you need to get Peyto back in there, or I mean, you know, maybe either Ewing or Parker kind of pick up the slack if, if those guys um are your two corner outfielders. But yeah, I mean, you need Sargent hitting home runs, and you need um you know one of your other um one of your corner outfielders or pre- preferably both um you know hitting well. Yeah. um so yeah i mean yeah it's just kind of guys that have either you know performed in, or guys that have performed well in the past they're just not hitting like they have um that this year like they have in the past and yeah. you're gonna need those guys to hit like they have um previously in their career um to that this lineup is going to be um you know an above average quality lineup so
0: concern about tanner hall uh, i think i think everyone can see it you tweeted it out Once or twice, you know, there's just there's less zip on his fastball, maybe a little less movement on that two seam um, and the sinker. And then, yeah, I mean, he's a part of it is I think he's just been up in the zone early in his starts and, you know, he doesn't have the velocity. We saw it last year, a couple instances where he when he stays up in the zone, he's going to get knocked around pretty good. Um, But it's also, you know, fastball maybe a few ticks below what we saw last year. And he had the tendonitis in uh, after the season. And so he took the summer off. They shut him down for the fall. Concerned for you that he is just maybe not 100%. Maybe doesn't have what he had last year.
1: Yeah, I mean, it just looks like, because last year he was kind of working in that 90 to 91. I feel like this year is more like 87, 89. And when he did bump a 90, on, uh, on Friday, I mean, it was like he overthrew it and it almost, I think he either hit the guy or was way inside. So, uh, yeah, I mean, just kind of the murmurs we heard about the shoulder stuff and, and um, you know, combined with that with the, um, you know, the loss of velocity, it just you know, feels like he isn't 100%. And, you know, um, obviously he's not a guy that threw hard to begin with. So when that velocity goes down a little bit and when the movement goes down a little bit, I mean, he becomes a lot um, more hittable. And uh, I mean, certainly he hasn't been bad. I mean, he has a three six eight ERA, one point one four WHIP. So he's still been a, a solid weekend starter. Oh yeah. You know, he hasn't he hasn't been as the dominant Tanner Hall that we saw um, last year. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if if it's just maybe the scouting reports out, we're just kind of we don't know what we're talking about. He's actually one hundred percent healthy or, <laughs> or, or 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 what? But it, yeah, just the, the fastball velo down. Um, combined with you know the numbers going up a little bit, uh, you know, I think has people concerned a little bit,
0: so yeah, and he, yeah, it could very well be we just we have no idea what we're, t- what we're talking about. That's a strong right. possibility. Um, but he, you know, like you read some of those numbers out 368 era with a 114 whip. I mean, most of the time, that's that's going to be good enough. I think you would. I I guess maybe we've been spoiled over the last couple of years having, you know, what felt like two aces. Um, You know, I think you could make the argument that you had three ace quality type guys in your rotation last year. So it could be, we're just, we're just spoiled. But I also think again, um, having a lack of offense and a less experienced bullpen, I think, there's just there's a lot more pressure to get length especially out of your Friday guy and you're not getting quite as much as you would like out of Tanner Hall I, I think the hope was that he would he would be able to carry you know 100 plus innings and be you know a 2 ERA type guy like he was last year and that's just not not been the case um it could be to where he's you know he's got a little rust to shake off because he was shut down for four or five months um you know the velocity hasn't taken that much of a dip to where you it's not obvious that he he has some kind of issue there yeah i think you would there i think you can say it all the way around you just need a little bit more out of the guys that you know can produce both on the mound and at the plate um in order for it to really come together for this team. Because I think if you play anywhere around what you played this week to go 2-2 two and two in the final non-conference weekend week of the schedule, then in a pretty deep conference uh, in the Sun Belt, you're probably going to have some trouble against some really good lineups um, and against some good pitching staffs too.
1: Yeah, I still think. I mean, the, the, I think the starting pitching is still. You kind of look at. I mean, I would say that's the strength of the team because. 100 oh, I mean, percent. Yeah. I mean, you look at all three guys below four um, ERA, below um, one two or a one three WHIP, um, and I mean, it really saw. I thought this. I thought Maza. This was really as good as I've seen him look. I mean, just the ability to locate. Um, had the slider going, so I think. I mean, obviously not you know, not pitching against, uh, the Yankees or anything, but still, I thought that was a, a very encouraging cause you know, early or the first three starts struggle with control a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this game, he was, he was really filling up the zone and I feel like the Maza you saw today, um, can be one of the better, you know, weekend starters in the, in the Sunbelt, I think. So that was yep. encouraging, but yeah, I mean, uh, so, you know, we'll see maybe, you know, Tanner, he could, he could you know, gain strength, uh, uh, throughout the year, but you know, I don't think we're seeing him at, at his peak right now. It's just kind of, what I was trying to say. So yeah,
0: yeah. No, I, I and I agree. Hopefully, it doesn't sound like I'm bashing the starting pitching because that. No, that's, yeah, that's been far and away. I, I think you'll take Maza Adams Hall at one ninety six, two 368 ERA. I think you'll take that from your rotation, um, especially with. Uh, I think the, the biggest thing today from Nico was he was efficient. Um, You know he he had the strikeout numbers, but he was able to give you seven innings. And you know, with the uncertainty with the bullpen, that's a huge deal. If you can get anywhere close to that type of length from him and those other two guys, I think that'll go a long, long way. Pat, anything else on baseball before we? Yeah,
1: I mean, I guess we just talked about the impact of um, you, you know, taking two or three versus um, sweeping. I mean, you know, it'll hurt a little bit. Um, it's not going to be a killer um, so long as you don't have another one of these losses against, like, an Arkansas State type. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, you know, you at least got the series win. And, you know, you kind of look around the country. I mean, you saw Alabama lost two out of three to uh, to Columbia at home, and one of those losses was 15 to three. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was um, preferably you want to sweep, but, you know, it, it could have been worse, so.
0: Okay, let's talk this upcoming week. Um, tough midweek matchup, Southeastern Louisiana. Yeah. Takes two of three from a top 25 Auburn this weekend, uh Tuesday night in Hammond Pat. Let's hit that one first.
1: Yeah, so they are 11 and 5. Like you said, they just went to Auburn, swept a doubleheader. I mean, they really tried to um I watched the end of that on, on Saturday, they tried to blow it. They were up eight, three in the ninth. Auburn had the bases loaded with two outs and ended up flying out uh to center field and southeastern was able to win it. But I think so the guy they threw um Last midweek for him was uh, Jay Long, and he was the guy that started in the rotation for him. Um, moved to midweek and pitched well against Alabama A&M. Um, he threw five scoreless. Um, and he's a guy. He's a crafty lefty, of course. Um, <laughs> uh, I was a reading his fall report uh, from D1. Is eighty seven, eighty nine. I mean, it's a four two six ERA, one four two WHIP. So okay numbers. He's walked seven. Uh, struck a up 14. So I would I would guess based on he started the last midweek and then he's a left hander. They've kind of looked at the splits, I'm sure, and that's um, you know, who I would guess they'd go with. Offensively they've been pretty solid. 858 OPS, uh guy leading them, uh uh in terms of just the best hitter, a Tyler Fink um is a guy that uh has over a thousand OPS. Um he has two home runs. Yeah, so you Tyler Fink and then they have a uh, TJ Salvaggio, uh the guy from uh yeah, I think slide L, uh 926 OPS, Shea Thomas, 925 OPS. Oh, uh, but you know, when you look at Southeastern, uh the thing that uh, they do that, you know, has kind of been a um a hallmark of their program, I guess, uh, with Matt Risers, is they steal a lot of bases. They've stole forty seven bases, uh, which is number four in the country. So I mean, this is a game where um, you know, Blake Johnson, he's gonna have to be ready behind the plate, uh throwing out, you know, some runners um because they're gonna you know try to steal. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a good team. I mean, Leah, like you're saying, I mean, they just went on the road and uh, took a weekend series from a team that was in Omaha last year. Um, so it's going to be a uh, uh, tough uh, midweek, and you know, I guess you, you'll uh, hope to have Oldham back. I think um, we'll see yeah. how they play that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you'll just likely see a bunch of guys throw in this uh, game, of course. So
0: all right, we got about ten minutes left on our uh, recording time, okay? Zoom, so let's hit uh, Texas State
1: yeah, so Texas State,
0: they are ten and five and they just
1: um just swept North Dakota State. Um, and so they won two out of their first four weekends uh, One or swept Northwestern, really took it to northwestern um, then lost to Oral Roberts Grand Canyon swept North Dakota State. But you know you look at the rotation. Uh, we've talked about Levi Wilson went today actually. he tweaked his um I think he twisted his ankle possibly last or to miss the start last week. Uh, but came back uh, the day and pitcher well, went six innings, uh, scoreless, uh, walked two, struck out nine. So, I I don't think you will see him on his usual Friday. I think they're kind of working it back in, so you could see him on Saturday or Sunday. But he's a guy we talked about top 100 type draft prospect 0. 0.51 era, 0. 0.96 whip. Zeke Wood, you'll see on Saturday, um, 458 era, 153 whip. Uh then Nathan Madrano's been their um, third starter. He's transferred from Houston 6'62, one seventy one. But all these guys are going to be in the low mid-90s. Uh but yeah, I mean Wells, obviously he's one of the better pitchers in the country. And then offensively, uh they had a big week. I mean, they hit they had uh, Chase Mora, who's a true freshman, has a 17-21 OPS. He's only played in nine games, five of those to start, but he hit four home runs um, on Saturday against um Man. North Dakota State. He said had seven home runs and twenty-three at bats. So he's hitting a home run almost uh, every third at bat. And uh, so, yeah, their team OPS overall is uh, 939. So um, they've been a good hitting team early on. Uh, the, the bullpen, big question mark, they haven't really been able to uh, rely on anybody in the bullpen. Tristan Dixon's going to be somebody they rely on there um, in the back of games. Uh, but their team, uh, good lineup, pretty solid rotation. It's just um, kind of bullpen depth, um, which has kind of hurt them. uh thus far.
0: Yeah. And this, this weekend sets the table for a three week stretch. That's, that's pretty brutal uh to begin conference play. I mean, you, you come back to Hattiesburg, you host Georgia Southern uh the following weekend, and then you go to Troy and then, I mean, you go to ODU, so it, it doesn't really get a whole lot easier. Uh You'll face a really good lineup up in Norfolk um that weekend. And so, yeah, I, I think, I mean, this is a tough weekend. You mentioned Levi Wells is going to be really tough. They swing it really well, but you'd love to take two out of three here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you kind of shake the dust off of, of some of these concerns and maybe a, a little bit uh, of a worrying week this past week with with a two out of three weekend in San Marcos.
1: Yeah, I mean, you would certainly take two out of three against this team. This is, you know, they're not as good as they were a year ago. I mean, they were you know a whisker away from hosting a super regional probably against UConn. Uh, last year, but I think this is you know a top 75, maybe top 100. But I, th- I mean, it's a team that maybe just outside the at large range, I would say, just based on the early results, you know, they have lost two out of their um, four weekends. But yeah, I mean, certainly a very solid team that is, um, you would take two out of three, or you would you know be happy with two out of three from so
0: yeah, yeah. And there, I mean, there are a few other things we're gonna miss that we're skipping over here um, because we're limited time wise. But that let's move on to the NIT. It's it was announced, um, I guess about an hour ago. That, uh, what you expected uh, per your bracketology <laughs> um, and what we had talked about as a possibility last week, Golden Eagles Wednesday night, they will go to Bartow Arena. To Tuesday. Run. They actually, oh, it was, re- it was reported on
1: the Twitter account, actually just
0: tweeted out it was reported on ESPNU. That was going to be Wednesday. It will be on Tuesday. Okay. Okay. Thank you for that correction. But yeah. at UAB, that's a tough matchup.
1: Yeah. I mean, UAB was a team they were in the final of CUSA, uh, lost pretty badly to well, a really good FAU team. but. UAB the 62 and Ken Palm and the 50s in Net, um, and they're a team. They're 20. They finished 25 and nine. Went 14 and six in CUSA. Um, just kind of looking at their schedule. Um, you know, they beat South Alabama earlier in the year. Um, lost to Toledo, which is an see team on the intro floor. Lost to West Virginia. Uh, they went one and two against FAU. Um. But they're a team. I mean, when you look at you look at uh, Jelly Jelly Walker, I believe is what they call him, Jordan Walker. I think he goes yeah. by Jelly. He's um, you know, kind of the guy that makes that team go. And he's um, you know, point guard, point guard, then kind of do it all. He's forty percent from three. Um, KJ Buffin is like kind of a big kind of stretch forward. Uh, thirty three percent from three. He's not going to be a huge outside threat, but he can rebound. And then uh, they have a you know a good big trade, Jemison. This, um, you know, our true big man, 6'11. So he, you know, we talked about the problems you've had with uh, big men in the past. I mean, he's a, um, you know, very good um, player inside. Um, So yeah, it's a, um, it's a winnable game, but it's a, um, you know, it's going to be a tough game as well. I mean, it's a game you'll be um, an underdog in, um, I would, I would guess by, you know, six or seven, maybe. Um, And if you win that, you you would play the winner of Clemson and Moorhead State. Um, So yeah, likely Clemson. Um, if you win, um, but yeah, I mean, it's drivable and uh, it's winnable, and it's um, yeah, I mean, I guess it's old CUSA, uh, matchup there, yeah
0: so. yeah, yeah, it is, and they're, I mean, <clears throat> kind of similar, I, I think, to Southern Miss, um, UAB, I've got some real length and athleticism defensively, and so it's going to be a challenge, um. I don't know if it's South Alabama is the right comparison there, but I mean they're going to play high pressure defensively and good guard play. You mentioned Jelly Walker. I mean he was fantastic last year. Was he the Player of the Year in Conference USA last year? Um, oh,
1: uh, let's but... see. Uh,
0: yes, yeah, he was. Okay, I, I, I thought he was or was up there. Um, and yeah, anyways, really good player, and I, I think it's. Obviously, a big deal whether or not you get Neftali Alvarez back. I haven't heard anything.
1: It sounds, yeah, it sounds like he's not based on Cardona's comments last week on Eagle Hour. But yeah,
0: yeah, sounds like he is going to be back. No, isn't? Isn't? Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I mean, as we saw against South Alabama, that that changes the dynamic both offensively and defensively. Um, but still, yeah, winnable game. Going to have to hit open shots. You are going to have to have big games from Felipe Jose and. Austin Crowley, DeAndre Pinkney's gonna have to be, be big on the boards against some of those bigs as well. Um yeah, and you know, wouldn't mind winning a couple and taking on the Commodores again. Uh that'd be that'd be fun. And Las Vegas no longer at Madison Madison Square yeah. Garden. Uh Pat, just a, a quick overview of the bracket in terms of how it's shaped up.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, I, I guess um just as far as USM goes, uh, or the Sun Belt, I mean, Marshall didn't get in, um. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't have anything that would that really interest people. I mean, I mean, I thought like Santa Clara wasn't going to get in. I didn't think Colorado was going to get in. They both got in. Uh, but I guess I that was a two, big...
0: two seed, right? Yeah,
1: that was that was surprising. Um, uh, but as far as you know, what would be interesting to USM fans? I don't I mean really. You just <laughs> you the USM and UA, I mean, Liberty got a two seed, and you know Vanderbilt got a three. So those are um, opponents you played. Um. But yeah, USM the lone Sun Belt team in, um, and then I guess you've NCAA tournament Lafayette uh, got the thirteen. They'll play Tennessee. Um, so yeah, that's just kind of the kind of the basketball quick hits there.
0: Yeah, and we'll uh, we'll talk some some big picture stuff. Um, I mean, hopefully you're still playing basketball. I don't, I don't have the dates in front of me of when when would the finals be.
1: Uh, let's, let me pull up that, uh,
0: March 30th. So that would be, yeah. I mean, so if you win, you got to win the first two. So I guess the second round would be the 18th for us. Or
1: yeah. So this night. weekend.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I'm yeah, okay. So that would be next Saturday slash Sunday. So obviously we'll, we'll come back around. We'll, we, we will review it and, um, yeah, adjust accordingly. But, yeah, a, an opportunity to play some postseason basketball against a good basketball team on Tuesday night. Uh, okay, Pat, 60 seconds here. Any any highlights, Sunbelt, baseball-wise, that you're looking for this weekend?
1: Uh, well, actually, I don't have it pulled up, but let's see if I can uh, – uh, just reviewing the last week, uh, UCF – or Troy beat UCF two out of three. That was a nice series win uh, for the league, Illinois and Coastal. Uh, split. Uh, they didn't play today. Uh, so the weekend, uh, Coastal at JMU, Troy at Georgia State, South Alabama at Georgia Southern, Arkansas State at ULL, App State at Marshall, ODU at ULM.
0: So. All right. There you go. Well, we hate to, to cut it off like this, but we're running out of time. So this has been another episode of Buzzardry. That's Patrick McGee. I'm Ben Milam, and we hope to have you with us next week. This has been Buzzard Dream. Thanks for listening and be sure to share and leave a review. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Buzzard Dream Pod for all you need to know about the show. See you next time.